Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Friday morning, it's Football Friday here, it's the Gridiron Stud Show, and as expected, Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino right here to give it to you raw. It's Football Friday, Amo. Are, are, are yeah, it's not a good Friday if you're a Steeler, but there's 15 more, no. I'm sure they'll fix that. Yes, absolutely, it's, uh, it's the first real Football Friday of the year, we've got college football, We've got high school football that's already been in tow here for the last three, four weeks. And we have the kickoff of the first NFL football weekend for 2015. So we're here for the next hour and a half. Emil's here for an hour. He's putting in a half day on us, folks. But anyway. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. He asked me to leave, guys. He said, no, no, please no, get off now. the show at 11. Yeah, this guy's busy. He's got things to do. So nevertheless... That he's here for an hour. It's going to be action-packed. We've got a whole lot going on today. We'll talk about last night's game. Did the Patriots cheat again? Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a, some NFL games coming up this weekend. We need to talk about college football games. We certainly need to talk about and one locally that's going to go down here tonight. We do need to give you those on-fire and hot-ready picks, 6-0 and last week. This week, Emil and I will tackle the NFL as well as college football. Why in the world would you want what to do that? What was our record last it, week? Six and oh! Six okay. and oh. I just wanted to All make right. sure I heard that right. Six and oh, right? That's right. Six okay. and oh. Coming up in the second hour, I'm going to have Peter Ariz from CanesInsight.com on with me to talk about UM and FAU tonight and all things UM. And I'll also have Joshua Wilson on from FloridaHSFootball.com to talk a little State of Florida high school football. So, for the next hour and a half, we need your attention. It's going to be jam-packed football, football, and more football here. But, Emil, before we get into the football talk, 14 years ago, I'm in the gym with the wife. We're working out, and, you know, they got TV. You guys were really young then. I mean, you're in the gym. Yeah, we were young people. You're both in your late 20s. You're looking, we you're looking people, at 29. the mirrors. Right. 29, <laughs> yeah, 29 yeah. years old. Uh, we look up at the televisions that they have there in the gym, and Emil, I saw it happening, and I thought it was a movie. I thought it was something fake. I watched a plane fly into the World Trade Towers, and for someone who's a native New Yorker, a little difficult for me to understand. It was one of the more emotional days for me. For someone who's not overly emotional, to be a native New Yorker and watch that happening, I went through a gamut of emotions. Uh, anger being the most predominant one, I was very, very upset about it. Um, someone who, you know, grew up early years till 10 years old in New York City, someone who had been in the World Trade Towers, and that some foreign entity would attack us on our own soil. Uh, 
I was a, a bundle of emotion on that day and was really paralyzed. Really went home from the gym and did nothing but watch no, the No, you uh, just sat there the watching TV, right? I mean, that's what most all, people all did. Day long. You sat there watching it. And, you know, I'll tell you something. It's 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 funny in a lot of funny, ironic. Funny is not a good word. Um, in a lot of ways, you look back 14 years later, people have different perspectives on things. But I'll say this. I'd say a solid seven, maybe eight out of ten people mm-hmm. wanted someone to pay for that that day. You know what I mean? Now oh, we look on, back right, right and we say, yeah, this was a bad idea, that was a bad idea, whatever you want to say. But I always felt there's a, a little bit of revisionist history going on from, from most people. Sure, some people were against things we did from the from the outset. But by and large, a great majority of the country just wanted someone's ass on, on a stick. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, that's just, you know... That's just the real raw truth right there, you know. I mean, I like the way you put that. It wasn't it wasn't sugar coated. I think that's what we all wanted. We wanted we yeah, wanted to I mean, see it's no someone different. Somebody boarding planes. Pops you, right? In a bar, someone yeah. comes up and we, we wanted we we wanted to see a missile drop on a radar. We that's what we wanted to see on that particular day. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, nobody wants you know, to so. admit that today because everybody likes to. People always like to come off as a little bit more intelligent than we are. It's human nature, but. You know, I know a few people, I'll give them credit, that, that said, hey, you know, doing some of these things were, were bad ideas, either both wars or one of them. But for the most part, the reason that stuff passed is because there was overwhelming support for it. I mean, mm-hmm. that was it. Um, true, true. Um, I don't know. You, obviously, you remember that day. Can tell oh, us, it was terrible. I was going tell to us where you, know, you were. I was, I've never forget it. it, it up here in Pennsylvania, the day, ironically, today is eerily similar to that day it's a beautiful late summer early fall day depending on when you count summer and fall as ending and starting uh you know sunny crystal clear blue sky mid-70s i was driving up route 84 which if you're familiar with this part of the country uh takes you up toward connecticut if you keep going i, I was a cfo mm-hmm. for a company at the time uh it was mm-hmm. on the border of all three states at the corner of pennsylvania mm-hmm. where new york and new jersey meet driving up 84, and I had, I think I had Imus on, I want to say. And uh, mm-hmm. whoever it was, Imus or Stern, one of them said, hey, a small plane, they didn't even know it was a commercial airliner, hit mm-hmm. the World Trade Center. And, of course, doing radio, not knowing it was serious, sarcastic remarks, you know, how the hell do you fly into, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, I get to the office. Um, the second plane had not hit. One of the guys had a TV on in his office and said, hey, take a look at this. Uh you know, a, a plane flew into the World Trade Center. And, I, you know, natural question, mm-hmm. what was it, blah, blah, blah. He said, I, they think it was a small commuter plane, you know, maybe a guy got off course and hit it. Because, you know, those buildings, as you know, were huge. So you really mm-hmm. couldn't tell the extent of the damage at that point. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. sitting there watching, I want to say it was CNN, and they're, they're, they have a picture, the camera's focused on that, where the plane hit. And right into the screen comes the second plane. Mm-hmm. It hits Which the is building at the point he, where I really saw it. Right. Him and I are sitting there, and I, I'll never forget the look. There's dead silence. And as you know, with me, it doesn't happen much. I mean, we didn't know what mm-hmm. to say. I mean, mm-hmm. you're sitting there, like, watching this unfold. And it, tr- truthfully, having I went to a school uh, up here at the University of Scranton where we have a huge New York, New Jersey uh, alumni base. So I knew a lot of people mm-hmm. from that area, and they were affected by that. I mean, it was not... Up here, it was, you know, and for people like yourself who maybe have ties to New York, it was personal because everybody knew someone or at least knew someone who knew someone that was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Right. We had a lady in the right. office. Her husband was a trader on the floor. Now, he lived mm-hmm. 
but but he was absolutely traumatized. The guy couldn't work again. Mm. I mean, so it was yeah, it was uh, it was really personal. I imagine that was the case in many places. Um, you know, hitting it close for me, I have a cousin who's an EMS uh, in New York City, and uh, some of the things he told me because he was a person that responded uh, were just awful. And you know, it, it this is what went on after the planes that hit the buildings. Do you remember your thoughts when you saw the second plane go into the building? What what? I wasn't even sure any of this was real, to be honest. I wasn't sure it was real. I wasn't sure what was next as they started reporting things. Then, remember, the next the next shoe that dropped was the Pentagon. Um, so mm. you saw that get hit. Uh, then you had the reports of the, 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 the flight over, you know, over Pennsylvania that the, the passengers heroically took down and probably mm-hmm. saved a lot of lives uh, mm-hmm. doing that themselves. Uh, which, which you know, something I think always, you know, I'll always remember because that, you know, that takes, for lack of a better word, that takes balls. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I guess, like, I was like you. I went home and, you know, I, I kind of meandered around the office for a while not knowing what to do and then finally just, you know, said, eh, I'm out of here. You know, I bounced. I went home and sat there and watched TV with my family all day because you really didn't know. I mean, all the airlines were, you know, think back, all the airline flights were shut down. You didn't know, you know, is there other is there other cells in here? Is there going to be more attacks? So what, what's their plan? There was no book on how to handle this. And, and that's, mm-hmm. again, why I look back at it and say, in retrospect, you know, things are always clearer in hindsight. But at the time, you know, we can make all the jokes we want or try to pretend we're intelligent. No one knew how to handle that situation at the time. There's no training for that. They don't train yeah. you. In, in in military school or president school, whatever you want to say, is how do I handle it when someone flies a plane into one of the biggest yeah, buildings no, this in no, my country? That's not anything anyone at the time could have uh, perceived coming. So um, this, today is a remembrance of that, and it's, uh, you know, like Pearl Harbor, something that we will uh, never forget in this country. And, and uh, so there will be ceremonies for many, many years to come for those who lost their lives on that day and all who were affected uh, on that day and thereafter, so it is the uh, it is the anniversary of 9/11, not the kind of anniversaries you want to celebrate, but uh, changed our lives forever to, too. I think do you, need you, to remember. Yeah, but it, you know, the, just think of your daily life. Well, not daily, but things you do. You travel, right? Mm-hmm. It's never going to be the same. I mean, sure, we had metal detectors years ago, but they barely even looked at you. I mean, <laughs> you know, you walk no, through there. No, uh, things are things are quite a bit different yeah. at the airport. There's there's no doubt about that. I wanted to touch on this before uh, we really get into some football talk here. Um, did you, have you followed at all what has, what happened with uh, tennis, ex-tennis star uh, James Blake in New York? Yeah, I caught a little bit of the story. I guess he was detained. They thought he was uh, part of a, a, a fraud, uh, uh, the identity theft ring. Well, well I, I like that choice of words, detained. What Blake had happened to him was basically this. Standing outside of his hotel, uh, there in New York, obviously uh, involved with the uh, U.S. Open, which is currently going on sure. right now. A uh, case of mistaken identity, believed to be a part of a theft ring going on in the uh, New York City area. And he is charged at by a plainclothes officer who does not identify himself as such and uh, pretty much gets taken to the ground. And we can imagine what that looked like, something akin to what may have happened on the, uh, between Pittsburgh and New England last night, taken down to the ground in that manner. And if you're a tennis player, uh, not something that's part of your daily routine. No. Um, and, and it was essentially roughed up by the uh, officer. And it's the, it's the last thing 
that the police need to have happening right now. So, uh, uh, well, you know, you know it's funny. I mean, I hate to say this and play that, but do you think how many times do you think that's happened to Pete Sampras or uh, Roger Federer? Um, not at all. I would venture to say. Um, you know, you just mentioned two names, if I could just say so, that are probably more recognizable than James Blake. Wait a but second. I'm not a huge tennis fan, and I know who James Blake is. No, I'm not kidding. You, I'm not you are, saying. but you, Pete Sampras, Yvonne Lendl, those are, you know, uh, more recognizable. Nevertheless, though, uh, if you've seen James Blake, uh, come on, man. This He doesn't uh, strike me. He doesn't strike me as <laughs> Is a criminal when I look at yeah, him. Yeah, like and and you know, a theft ring not necessarily a violent crime, but uh if you're approaching someone who may be involved in a violent crime, is a, a shoulder tackle necessary or no. can you approach no, the guy and see if, if he will theft ring a non violent like, crime they, so you tackle the guy? Why not just walk yeah, up they, to him? They run say, off of being a, a con man. So if you approach them, more than likely they're uh, someone involved in a theft ring's approach and getting out of something like that will be words. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's not a sure. not a slasher. It's a yeah. I mean, come on, they're not. It's the Leonardo the DiCaprio. Tackle. It's the Leonardo DiCaprio character in that movie where he played the true story of Catch, Catch Me, me if, if You Can. can. Right. Yeah, Catch He's Me If You Can. He's going to talk his way out of it. He's not going to fight his way out of it. Right. So um, I don't know. No no word on whether this cop is uh, some guy who fell short. Uh, of a football career and still had a couple tackles he felt in him. I don't know what his deal is, but uh, I'm Can I say sure something, though, since, since we're opening with some serious stuff today? It, yeah. I will say this, and, and I don't know if you agree or disagree. While I definitely think there's some issues with police, okay, mm-hmm. generally, generally mm-hmm. they do a good job, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at, oh, the yes. end of the, at the end of the day, we're in a very dangerous time here in this country because – you know, if you start painting all police as bad, and you see what's happening right now, you know, you've got mm-hmm. a guy pumping gas, getting, mm-hmm. you know, summarily executed while he's pumping mm-hmm. gas, okay? Mm-hmm. That's dangerous because there's bad everything oh, there's in no this doubt world. About there's bad doctors, there's bad lawyers, there's bad guys who, guys who can't pick football games. There's bad everything, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, this is, uh, this is society because look at what they do in the National Football League. You've got a handful of guys that get into trouble, and I'll be damned if the media is not trying to paint uh, with a broad brush about NFL football players, the majority of which go about their daily lives handling their business and not getting themselves into trouble um, you know, That's with, true. with law enforcement. But we paint, it's being painted in that way, and that's what's going on with the police in this country. And uh, that's why I said this is probably a very, very bad time to have something like that happen. But all right, enough of the serious stuff. We got to get into some football. But before we do that, of course, we got to pay some bills. So we're going to take a break. When we get back, though, we're going to jump into the NFL. Did the Patriots cheat again? We'll talk about last night's game, and uh, we'll talk about what's coming up this weekend. We'll do that and more on the Gridiron Stud Show when we get back right after this. My thing, calling all night. I can pull the wool while I'm being polite. Darling, calling all night. I can be a fool while I'm being polite. Oh me, oh me, oh my. I know many women want to be in my life. Oh me, oh me, oh my. Why can't every woman end up being my wife? Even if she goes... The 7 on 7 season. Summer basketball. Family picnics. All around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. 
How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering voicelessly. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and 
1019 here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Man, you got to love that. I love it. Sometimes I just I have it on my phone. I just play it just to remind myself. <laughs> I should put that in my headphones when I go to the gym. <laughs> I want to hit somebody when you play that song. Yeah, I want to go up and just tackle go in somebody, there and start man. moving some weight around. Wouldn't that yeah. wouldn't that be something? It uh, listen, man. It would beat some of the craziness that I see in the gym every morning. It's just uh, absolute. Can I ask you a question in your gym? Because I was at the gym yesterday, right? And I'm lifting a little bit. Mm. And uh, do you have guys that have trouble re-racking weights? Because, like, I'm going to do a class on it for these kids. Oh, no, that's a constant. Okay, I thought maybe it was just, I thought it was unique up here or something, and we just had all the stupid people in one spot. Oh, no, my friend. They'll leave 315 pounds on the bar and walk away. Oh, forget leaving it on the bar. No, 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 I'm okay with that. Uh, that, that, I'm not okay with it, but I mean where they take the weights, okay? And you know how on a rack, it's very simple. There's a place for the Mm. 45s, a place for 35s, the 25s. Mm. They Mm. just make a sandwich. I mean, they take a 45, (laughs) and then they put a 25, and then they put a 45, and then they oh, then they stick a 10. I get more of a workout putting the stuff back the right way. That must really drive an accountant like you crazy. Who I know how you accountants are. You like everything lined the hell up. You know, I did tell you about how I told my wife one day, I said, I'm getting more of a workout putting this Mm -hmm. crap back for these kids than I am lifting the weights. Amol, how about you do this? On, let's say, a Wednesday, you go in there, and your job's going to be just to rack the weights correctly. You don't walk out of there flexed up, man, because that's Well, that's I would like to get paid for it if I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to get paid. Well, I tell you, you got paid last night. It was the New England Patriots. They come out, uh, take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the big-time uh, season-opening matchup. And it's uh, two of the, you know, what do you call it? What do you want to call it? The stalwarts premier of the Premier franchises. Yeah, premier yeah, franchises. Premier two franchises. of the bigger That's ones. That's the word you know, I'm looking for. There's a, yeah, group of, like, there's a group of them, the four or five, that are just, you know, historically significant. So That's it, man. And they uh, they come together. They ram heads. Uh, eh, fairly dominant performance by the New England Patriots. The final score is 28-21. But it uh, wasn't really that close. A garbage time touchdown in the end. But Amos. Uh, it wouldn't be the Patriots without some BS, and lo and behold, we had it. During the game, <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, can you? <laughs> I can't even tell the freaking story. During the game, you know, uh, there's going to be 256 NFL games this year, and I can guarantee you, and no other game. Will uh will will you have the type of problems with the communication systems that we had last night? As uh, <laughs> apparently, why don't you tell the people at home what was picked up uh, uh, well, on the headsets for you? Poor Mike I mean, Tomlin's going to talk to Ben Roethlisberger, and he's getting the radios <laughs> the Patriots home radio broadcast. <laughs> I'm laughing. But this is not funny. Could you imagine? This, the the integrity Tomlin, of the league though? is being challenged here. <laughs> How about Tomlin come out with those big eyes? Could you imagine the look on his face if they had the camera on him when it first happened? Dude, it was the your curfew was at 12 and your home at 145 yes. uh, a.m. look that we've all probably seen by yes. that when you came through the door. It was that look. And it's almost like, why are you trying this man in that fashion? The Patriots really literally don't give a bleep. They don't give a bleep, man. Well, why should they? they? Don't have they have they ever really paid any heavy price? I mean, yeah, a few draft picks here and there once in a while, a couple million bucks to Robert Kraft. I mean, he he probably it had that in the glove compartment. Well, you know, however we view whatever penalty they received, it hasn't stopped this team. Oh my God! 
it, but you know what? I'm not sure this one. This one was was. Uh, I think what's happening, and we we touched on this yesterday. I think at this point they they are living rent free in a lot of people's heads, and um, enjoying every minute of it because the NFL issues those headsets and controls. From what I understand, the communication. I know it is coincidental, and isn't and that a good thing? Could God in heaven knows what would be? Oh no, yeah, they can't screw that up. Nation. I know. I know. I knew you were. I knew you were going with that. What I'm saying is, I'm not sure there's a conspiracy on this one. I'm, I'm not saying it's not. It doesn't. But, hey, you know what, Emil? It doesn't even matter anymore. No. Anything that goes on in Foxborough is going to be um, looked at. But man, the NFL is in charge, and this happens. Like we couldn't have like uh, nothing go wrong with the communication system last night. I mean, couldn't we, we? We couldn't just have a smooth football game involving the Patriots. I mean, right out the bat, here's what we had: the man beat the case last week. Then there's a story that comes out two days ago about to the extent of their cheating, stealing play sheets, and crawling into you know visiting locker rooms. And then you have this happen. I know. I mean, I know. Ugh, the time. But you have, of it to all. Give, you have to give Brady one thing. I think he dispelled all myths about him not being able to throw a wet football. So if he was deflating them because he, they made the, made him throw more accurately, well, he threw them just fine last night. Well, I mean, look, wouldn't we all throw a football and look great if we had Gronkowski out there? How about him coming out and beasting it uh, right out the gate, week one? I tell you what, I didn't like Pittsburgh's defense. I didn't like it. Well, they've. Do you mean schematically or personnel-wise? Because I think they have issues with both. Well, no personnel. Both. They've got. They've got no. personnel. They've got personnel. I mean, they they probably need a little bit of help in the secondary uh, personnel-wise. I think that was a little weak. But the front sevens, yeah. Hey, you got you got a good lineup there. And this was my reason for saying I don't think they're going to win their division this year. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be in the playoffs. But that that side of the ball is what is what bugs me. But what, what what you don't like the way they play their secondary? I mean, they seem to play a lot of off coverage. If that's what you mean, they I mean, blew I don't know. coverages. They blew oh, coverages. Oh yeah, they last couldn't. Yeah, night. they I'm, couldn't handle. Was Rob Gronkowski two touchdowns into this game allowed to run up the seam unencumbered, uh, unmolested? I'll use all of those terms. Um, down the seam, no one there. I mean, that's well, they, they 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 were having a lot of trouble passing off receivers in the secondary. Uh, and the other thing I noticed on one of the touchdowns, the, the the play you talk about was obvious, but there was the other one down on the goal line on third down where they had a chance to force a field goal, and somehow they ended up letting Gronkowski just basically run down and out on the goal line, a play that he runs mm-hmm. all the time. And they had 57. I, I mean, I remember his number. I don't know the, the Steelers enough, mm-hmm. but trying to get out there to cover him. It just seemed like uh, poor design on the defensive side of the ball because you know in that situation that he's their first option. They're looking for him. Right. On a road tree, he's your first option. You you, you need to do something better than number 57, and you are an avid football fan, and for you to sit here now and have to say number 57 and not the name of someone, um, I don't want to say of quality, but someone that you know, uh, can get the job done is covering the guy. That's crazy. I, I well, mean, to at the me, very down least, there, you have to find out your most, either your biggest, most athletic linebacker, or you got to Ryan Shazier, right? Ryan or a safety, even a safety. Somebody's got to be able to take. I mean, if I'm playing New England, and I know it's easier said than done. I'm not an idiot fan, you know, who sits on the couch and thinks it's. I understand that, but as a coach, I've got to make them throw the ball to somebody else even if it's Edelman I've got to let somebody beat me besides him on third and goal from the five yard line because I know he's their first option that's where Brady's yeah. eyes are going I mean speaking of Edelman uh, 11 catches for him last night uh this club did get rid of Brandon LaFell 
which was a head scratcher, but the number one uh, guy that's going to benefit from that situation apparently is going to be Edelman. So he comes away with 11 catches last night. And it was business as usual for the New England Patriots. Uh, some pluses for Pittsburgh is, yeah, Le'Veon Bell's out. He is the guy there. But, man, how about D'Angelo Williams looking like yeah, he's he resurrecting looked, he some kind fresh. of a career there? He looked, he looked revitalized. Uh, he looked good. Another plus, the kid that got out of Kentucky, I didn't watch the entire game, so I can't sit here and break it down and say, you know, he was great, but he got a sack. I know that. I can read the box score. So that's mm-hmm. always a good a good start when your first-round pick playing a, posi- mm-hmm. a pressure position gets a sack in his first game. So that, that's a plus. They played without yeah, the number no. two receiver. That So, I mean, you Definitely. know. No, that, you're, you're, they're not you're garbage. Right I mean, it's the first game of the year. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, they had a tough task. I, I think the line indicated that most people didn't expect them to walk in their Patriots home opener, especially given everything what's happened this off season. They didn't expect Pittsburgh to win, so I, I don't think yeah. that's a, a killer for. You Pittsburgh. know what was on display though, also with both of these teams, is that these teams draft well. They do a good job finding talent. They do a good job of developing talent. And an example of that is uh, maybe some people said, what the hell, man? Uh, you know, Bill Belichick let go of Jonas Gray. Like, what's up with that? He's got some dude named Deion Lewis that comes out last yeah. night. And uh, with, a, you know, a minimum amount of carries, chucks up 70, you know, 70 yards rushing and then catches some passes out of the backfield, over 110 total yards. And, like, who's this Deion Lewis guy? So, um you know, both of these, See, these clubs and do I think a very you kind of agree with, with what I'm going to say, and this is what it proves to me every time I watch it. Again, let let me throw the uh, the, the caveat out there that you, not any guy. You can't stick me back there and say you're going to mm-hmm. run. But any competent running back in the right scheme can can make be effective in the NFL. The Patriots have proven that for ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a competent scheme, a good quarterback, and you have the look at the Patriots. They take guys. I mean, they grabbed uh, Blunt last year after the Steelers got rid of him. They used him for that one game they, or two games. They had Gray running effectively. They mm-hmm. just find backs. They plug them in. The, the scheme works. I think the difference between college and the pros to me is in college you need that talent because you need a guy with the speed because they can get the corner. You'll see seventy mm-hmm. and eighty yard runs in college. You'll see those Reggie mm-hmm. Bush plays. You're not mm-hmm. going to see that in the NFL. Basically, you need a guy who can hit the hole, get upfield, and there's very few Adrian Petersons or Ladalian Tomlinsons, guys who are real, real difference makers. Now, those kind of yeah, backs are special. Yeah, there's just too much athletic talent out there, so you have to be That's really, what I'm really trying to say. I mean, you're not going to have many guys going for Eric Dickerson years, okay? Those kind of right. guys go to the Hall of Fame, but there's not a lot of those guys around. So basically, that's why I think the, the running back position's been devalued because coaches are saying, you know what? Unless I get that guy, I can get a few guys or a guy that basically gives me what I need, which is about 120 yards a game, in my opinion. You need to be able to effectively run the ball. True. Well, we've got other action coming up on Sunday as we kick off the first weekend of uh, first Sunday uh, of NFL football here for 2015. Real quick, we're going to run through these, and as usual, we're not doing our picks until the uh, bottom of the hour here, so if you've got a pick on something, obviously, then you know, you know the drill. Green Bay and Chicago, I'm going to be interested. I don't have a pick on this game. Almost did, almost did, uh, and I was going to lean in the direction of the Packers. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they've got a banged-up Randall Cobb who will be playing in this game, it seems. Uh, Jordy Nelson is gone, so there's every reason in the world to be a little bit down on the Packers out the gate here. 
But uh, Chicago Bears kicking it off with a brand-new coach, and you're opening up with the best team in your division. I was going to go with the Packers here on this one. Um, I was too, but then I'm old mm-hmm. school, and uh, over a field goal like that on the road, I've, I've always, I'm always hesitant. I, I have a feeling I'll regret not taking them. Uh, but yeah. you never know. This is a rivalry game opening week. The Bears don't know they're going to suck yet. Um, so they may. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're both scared. Watch the Packers come out with a 34-10 win. Kansas City and Houston, I have a pick on this game. What's your feeling on it? Uh, let me look at my sheet. I have a pick, too. Do you? How I have a feeling that? we both have a pick. How's that? Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Um, and one of the friends and family games of the weekend, Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Jets. Uh, two teams in a really you know, speedy direction to nowhere. The Jets have been a train wreck. Best thing they've got going on are the return of their two corners, Cromartie and Revis. Um, yeah, you got this is one of those fans and gamblers out. anonymous games. Uh, you're either oh, yeah. a fan who bet on the game because you're going to it or you're going to watch it, or you're, you belong at the next GA meeting, because I don't even know how you make a pick on this game. I'm, I'm being serious now. I, I could sit here and make a case for either team, and feel quite comfortable that my case is correct. I have no idea who's going to this, win this game. This is true. The only way you make a pick on this game is if you've crawled into the, one of the team's locker room and got their play sheet, uh, <laughs> like the New England Patriots. Otherwise, Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills. This is an interesting one for me. Uh, the Colts are getting a lot of love, and it's because of Andrew Luck and things that they've done. They're out on the road to begin here as a favorite on the road, not a position I really love the Colts in taking on a Buffalo Bills team that you know, if nothing else, are going to play pretty good defense. Everyone's worried about what they're doing at quarterback. Don't know much about Tyrod Taylor. And, uh, it was just a hodgepodge I almost made a pick here, Chad. I, I, and here's what pushed I me off. I went with the, the Bills, to be honest. Me too. It pushed me off is the, the line as I'm looking at it. What I would have to give out on the show today is two and a half points, and we don't get into all that crap about buying half points. We just pick what we see. And I, mm. I would really like a field goal here because I have a feeling it's going to be a tight ball game. Someone with mm. a with a bare foot is going to win it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there you have it. Uh, Dolphins and Redskins, I've got a pick on this one. I don't know if you do. If you don't. Well, this almost drop became a pick for me. I, I, For some reason, I'm going to violate all my principles on opening weekend, but I, I really like the Dolphins in this spot. I'll be curious to hear what you say. But the Redskins, to me, are a team that in the next three years are least likely to have a winning record. I look at that, <laughs> that franchise – it's an absolute disaster, okay? And every once in a while they'll beat my team because of the rivalry, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, you know, they're not that good. And I think the Dolphins uh, have a nice club. We'll see where they go. I like what they've done on the defensive side of the ball with that line. I think that's a, a, I think it could be a long day for Cousins. If the Dolphins' D-line comes to play, I think it could be mm-hmm. a long day for Cousins. So we'll see what you have to say. Friends and family game number two, the Carolina Panthers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Panthers without... Kelvin Benjamin makes them even that much more boring. Jacksonville has just been, uh, they've owned losing records and last place like nobody's business. Uh, I don't have a pick, nor would I want to pick it. Um, If I was going to lean some direction, though, how about the Jaguars at home? What the hell? Uh, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like Again, I'm kind of like where you said on the first go-around the friends and family category. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you made me make a pick. The only thing that strikes me when these two teams play is, they probably on the field together have the ugliest set of uniforms I've seen. I mean, yeah, it's just, how about it's that? just they want all something. over the place. They look like a team. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion of the game. 
Seahawks are on the road to taking on the Rams. Uh, you know what? If anyone has given them, uh, the, uh, them being the Seattle Seahawks, a great deal of trouble in this league, it's been this team right here, the St. Louis Rams. Uh, that makes me a little nervous, having them as a four-point favorite on the road in this game. Um, so if I was leaning in a direction here, I might take the Rams, and this might be a twenty to seventeen game, which would yeah you know, be I'm in favor of the Rams. On this. The only my only fear with the Rams, and I've read I read a guy who I forget where I was reading this last night that said the Rams downgraded their quarterback position going from from Bradford to uh, Foles. I, I kind of feel it's just a lateral move. I mean, why is it a downgrade at this point, Bradford? I would agree never with on that. The field. Yeah. No, he was never on no, the field no. to say it's a Hard downgrade. Hard to go down from Bradford. I hate to put it that way, but he didn't do much at all. Not so. yet. No, I mean, yeah. he didn't do much. So, I mean, maybe he'll have a great year in Philly, but right now I see it laterally. I just think the Rams, this this has the makings of what you said, a 20-17 to 17 game. The Rams can give Seattle problems because where the Rams are strong is that defensive line, and Seattle's mm. weakness truly is their offensive line. Yeah, so uh, that's the direction I go. Even though I've got the Seahawks in the Super Bowl again, I think that this is a well. They could still win the game. They just might not cover. This right. could be another game I think where a guy with a barefoot. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a field goal game. So you get a blessing here if you if you grab four points with the uh, St. Louis Rams, Saints, and the Arizona Cardinals. Even though I've got the Saints to win their division, I'm not high on them. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I think they'll sneak in the playoffs. Likely, I don't remember what I predicted there, but I don't see them going far in the playoffs. I think Arizona is kind of motivated with the way things ended last year. You've got Carson Palmer back in the saddle. This is a home game for the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, less than a field goal, man, I'd have to go with the home team here. I don't know how you feel. Well, uh, probably lean toward the home team. I'm just scared of Carson Palmer. I don't know where his head's at after a second. You know, I mean, he was just getting back to some sort of form. And then he mm-hmm. then he gets hurt again last year. So, I mean, who knows where he's at. Uh, is he coming out being the guy we saw uh, before he got hurt, or is he back to when he was a little gun shy in Oakland? I don't know. You know, I mean, I would take Arizona on home field, and, and right. uh, that's it. No, it's one of them types. Detroit and San Diego. I honestly have no idea where to go with this. It's a three-point game, probably the right number on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have San Diego in the playoffs this year. I'm anxious to see the rookie Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'm anxious to see the rookie Amir Abdullah for Detroit. Uh, but I, to be honest with you, this has the makings of a field goal game, so I can't really defend it. I have a pick on this game. Good. Well, I'm glad you are a little bit more confident in which in feeling which way this game is going to go. I can't. I can't yep. uh, say I'm not looking forward to what you got on that. Uh, Tennessee and Tampa Bay, um, probably another field goal game. I will say this: rookies starting on the road in the NFL is something I really love to go against. So I would go with Tampa Bay in this one. I almost made it a pick just for that reason alone. Uh, Mariota going to be the quarterback there, and again, we don't know the Tennessee roster. Uh, Boy, that's a coincidence may not that these it. guys are playing on opening weekend, don't you think? Isn't that something? Yeah, Isn't it amazing I mean, how it James works is, out. Jay, funny how that works. James's last game was against this guy, and it didn't really work out too much for him. So maybe a little bit of added motivation for him. But I do yeah, like I'd probably uh, lean uh, Tampa in this spot uh, just because mm-hmm. of the things you highlighted. I mean, again, this is if it wasn't for the two quarterbacks, this would come under friends and family for me too. But because of the quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, it jumps yeah, out of that category. That's the only draw right there for us on this one. Cincinnati yeah. and Oakland, believe it or not, my friend, I do have a pick on that one, so I'm going to reserve uh, my comments until well, I, I, I'm here curious to hear what you're going to say. I mean, uh, you know, I've read a lot of the, the, the experts liking the Bengals here. I don't. I, I, I like the Raiders here in this spot. Um, 
their home. I won't quite make it a pick. I need to see more, you know, something from the Raiders before I start picking them. But uh, I, I don't like the direction the Bengals franchise is headed. I think they've had their opportunities and mm. basically got bounced the first round every year. And I, and I think mm. there's not a lot of faith in Dalton to start the season. None of that's good when you're on the road. So I'd take the Raiders. Yeah, you've you've uh, you've summed up my thoughts on Cincinnati uh, to the T. Baltimore and Denver. Now, for someone who has Baltimore in the Super Bowl, you'd think I'd be all over the four and a half points that they're getting from a Denver team that I say may not make the playoffs. But for some reason, my spider senses are tingling on this one. So um, uh, I for sure, I'm just gonna leave it alone. If I was gonna lean in the direction ever so slightly towards Baltimore, but ooh. I sense uh, a lot of money in this game will come in on Baltimore because of the things we've highlighted. I think a lot of us see the value of Baltimore long-term for the season. But in an opener in Denver uh, where it's a tough place to play on opening weekend, somehow my spidey spidey senses for me are tingling too. It has the feeling of one of those games that the Broncos win 30-20. to I mean, where they, they just get it done. I wouldn't take Denver, but, but mm-hmm. then again, I'm not going against them either. Right, right. A little, yeah, just something messed with my head there. So I've, I've experience tells me to just leave that alone. Giants and Cowboys, a big one for you, a big one for uh, NBC. A great game to have as a first Sunday night game. Two uh, uh, NFC East Titans going at it. Um, Giants uh, would probably be my pick here, just on a point spread kind of thing. You know, I'm a I'm a closet Cowboys fan, perhaps because I've been around you long enough, but um, for some reason I think six points is a little too high for them here. Uh, I almost made this a pick. You know what, usually in this game I I stay away because for a while there they were playing all tight games, but I think there's a couple things for the Giants that don't bode well. Um, The things the Mm -hmm. Cowboys do well, the Giants are just beat up. Um, Up front, the Giants, uh, their defensive line doesn't seem to be much of a matchup there. The the secondary's kind of in, in disarray. They're playing rookies. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could have a hard time slowing down Dallas unless Dallas starts kicking the ball around. So, and then again, you mm-hmm. turn around the Giants' offensive line. They lose their left tackle to start the year. So, I, I almost made the Cowboys a pick, but be, I've, because I found another game I like more, um, I, I laid off. But I do. I think I don't want to jinx them, but I, I have a feeling Dallas wins this game like twenty-seven seventeen. Yeah, and I can understand you not wanting to jump on that thing uh, hard like that. At least to kick off this, uh, to kick off the NFL picks. All right, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shed the uh, break that we're supposed to take here since we're running a little bit behind, and let's just flow right now into uh, a little bit of college football. Uh, we've got some games coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll touch on the big ones, and then uh, we'll give you our picks and our pick. We're teasing the hell out of our pick segment, aren't we? We're, I mean, we we're are. just doing our job as uh, yep. radio hosts here. But that's coming up here again at the bottom of the hour. So let's talk about some of the big games that we've got coming up. Uh, talking about the local ones here, Florida State is taking on South Florida. They're 28-point favorites. Florida State had some problems with Texas State last week. Uh, so I don't know what to make of it right here. I'm not too sure about South Florida this year. and don't not too sure that's about That's a pass unless you're in the parking lot. I mean, that's a four-touchdown game. It's probably the right number. I I'd just wanted, just wanted to mention it in yeah. uh, in a replay of the uh, Birmingham Bowl last year. East Carolina is taking on Florida. I obviously have no opinion on it. Just to let folks know, uh, those two are going to be doing some battle in Gainesville. They're expecting sold out. Listen, I I will say this is impressive. Last week, Florida took on New Mexico State at home. 
Uh, it's New Mexico State, but they sold out the game. 90,000 people in attendance, probably what you're going to get here. Um, so kudos to them on doing something like that. Yep. I mean, if nothing else, it's paid off getting McIlwain just for just on that alone. So there you have it. Uh, one of the, the first big ones on the board, LSU and Mississippi State. A lot of people loving LSU this season. Uh, this is a rematch of a, of a disappointing game for LSU last year in which they were quite you know, they were slapped around, to be honest with you, by Mississippi State in Baton Rouge. Can LSU get revenge, in your opinion here? Uh, I think LSU gets this game. Mm. I think they I, get I, it, I, and I, I, I think they I, get it. I might it. not disagree with you on it. I just don't know how it's going to happen. I mean, I, I almost made it a pick. Uh, I laid off it just because, again, it's a road game. Uh, in the in the conference, in the division, actually. So I don't really like getting into laying points more than three, especially in those games, in, unless I see a huge mismatch. And I could see Mississippi State winning the game. So in that respect, I'm not going to make a pick. But if I had a pick, I'm on LSU here. I have a feeling. I have a feeling they're just stronger in more areas than Mississippi State, other than quarterback. Uh, man, can't disagree I mean, with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely can't disagree with you on that one. Notre Dame and Virginia, uh, I do have a pick on this game. Uh, possibly, maybe. I'm still juggling between two of them here. But Notre Dame and Virginia, I don't know if you have a strong feeling on I that. I almost it's made a this a pick. pick. Uh, you know, this is one of those games that I think a lot of money is going to run to Notre Dame. And when that happens, I like to run the other way. I, almost, I would take Virginia in this game, and I'll tell you why. Last week was a tough, a tough, tough game if you're Virginia. Think about it in the opposite direction. When West Coast teams come east, it, it sucks for them, right? Well, no different. Virginia goes clear across the country from the east coast to the west coast. They played a motivated veteran UCLA team who had a freshman quarterback that they were trying to get off to a good start. So probably a lot of guys stepped their game up for UCLA without even knowing it. You know, we, you know, we got to, you know, we got to make sure his kid doesn't get dumped on his ass if you're on the offensive line, all that stuff. They're, they come home this week where they've been competitive. They almost upset UCLA there last year. They beat Miami there. And Notre Dame's coming off a, a week where they're sniffing themselves and everybody's telling them how good they are. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, all the recipe is there. But, uh, again, I have a pick on it. So uh, yep. I may or may not agree with your assessment on that one there. Uh, all right, what else we've got going on in the SEC, Kentucky and South Carolina? Listen, uh, I watched that Kentucky team live last year against Florida. I thought they were a team going in the right direction. I watched some of their game last week. Kentucky's got something on offense. So South Carolina's head is not on straight, and they're feeling overly good about their, you know, kind of dramatic win against North Carolina in which the game was sealed at the end. They could come in here and get themselves slapped sideways by Kentucky and, and uh, find themselves on the wrong end of a result. Yeah, well, this isn't the South Carolina team we saw for that two- or three-year stretch there when they had Clowney and some other guys. I mean, this is, a, a, at this point, an average South Carolina team, in my opinion. So uh, to see them lose this game wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't be one I'd be you know, really eager to pick uh, just because I think these teams, you just hit the nail on the head. Kentucky could win the game. Would it surprise me if Kentucky lost by 14 points? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it could either go either way on that. could be blowout, right. could be a... Last minute, could, like, anything can happen in this game. Uh, so that that kind of leaves me off. Uh, maybe the biggest game 
uh, on the weekend is going to be Oklahoma traveling to Tennessee. Big revenge game. Wait, you haven't gone far enough down there. It's the second biggest game of the weekend. No, oh, a second biggest game. My 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 bad. Oregon and Michigan State yeah. a matchup of two two top ten teams right there. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm thinking so south right here. But anyway, Oklahoma and Tennessee to uh, a rematch of last year's game. Oklahoma had their way with Tennessee at home, although it was a little bit tighter maybe than you know. There's Tennessee put a good fight up there. People are expecting a lot of things out of Tennessee. They're certainly a program going in the right direction. I don't know if they're quite there yet, but this is a chance for Tennessee to come out and show everyone that uh, Tennessee might be back. Do they do that, though, against Oklahoma in this one? Well, people are looking for guidance on these games, and we'll give them guidance later on with our picks. But this is another one of those games where I say sit back and enjoy it. I think this is a good game to watch. Um, You know, I think – there's Oklahoma's not getting the proper love in their conference. They probably should. I think Oklahoma could easily win the Big 12 when everyone's talking about TCU and Baylor. Um, mm-hmm. That said, uh, I think this could be a coming out party for Tennessee. I mean, it just if Oklahoma loses this game, it doesn't mean they stink. I mean, I, this could be where Tennessee announces, hey, we're back to being Tennessee, and I'm going to watch this game without making a pick and just enjoy it because, I, you know, I don't really care who wins. I just want to see a good football game, and I could see either club coming in and winning this game. I don't see a distinct advantage here, and I think the line is probably right where it should be. Uh, you're right, because it is that pick 'em kind of game, and uh, I'm I'm too scary to go either way on this one. Uh, I could certainly see Oklahoma doing what they did last year, maybe not to quite the precision they did last year and and, win, and winning the game. And I could also see Tennessee, who put up 59 points last week. Don't care too much for the 30 points they allowed, but, um, you know, offense was a little bit of a challenge from last year, and it looks perhaps maybe as though they've cleaned that up. Oregon and Michigan State, I'm going to put on my big boy pants this week and pick this game. I don't know if you're doing that. but Oh, I got a uh, pick for you on big, this one. I got a pick. Yeah, you're you're a big timer, huh? You're, big game, Amel. So, you know, uh, I, you well, come on. You you had to know when when the schedule came out that you'd be getting a pick from me on the on this kind of game. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, your boys take on Big Bad Idaho. That's that tough Pac-12 scheduling coming in there as they take on the Vandals. I hope they could hang on and get the victory there. What do you think, USC? They're going to cover uh, the ninety point spread. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I, I don't really. <laughs> those kind of spreads like that, it's a matter of that's a, a name your score game. And they named their score last weekend against a much better team, but that doesn't mean they'll do it this weekend. The, the, you know, I think where they'll go in that game is let's get the starters in the game, get them sharp in the first half, and then let's get a lot of these freshmen some more experience and come out of here as healthy as we can as Pac-12 play starts. So uh, I wouldn't be really eager to, to lay 43 points. All right, we have to jump into our picks, but we got to go to a break before that. But before we go into that break, this guy's been holding on for quite some time. And he, too, was 3-0 and last week. So if you listened to us last week and you got my picks, you got Amos' picks, and you also got our guest caller in, uh, man, you went 9-0, and okay? Um, if you're not buying a car cash, you're putting a down payment on something that's, you know, too expensive for you to drive. But either way, you made some money. Let's bring this guy on. Les, sorry to have you holding on for half a year, man, but uh, are you there and are you ready to give us some picks? We're on a tight schedule here today, by the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm here, man. It was, uh, you know, it's been good. It's been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, exciting weekend, like you said. It's a lot of games that you guys, uh, you know, we we all agree uh, on some of the things I hear you guys say. So uh, I'm looking forward to a good week of uh, NFL football as well as college. 
Hey, did the Pats cheat last night, or that just a damn coincidence at the worst time ever? Um, I'm not even going to talk about them no more, man. Les, you had that you had that pause and disgust in your voice. Oh nah, man, nah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, if I know my dog, if we let him go here, we're probably gonna, even though we're yeah. not governed by them, probably rack up some FCC violations. All right, listen, let's, we're we're, we're gonna give schedule. us your picks, man. Yeah, we're on a tight schedule yeah, here. Yeah. Who do you like this week? Hit me up. Um, man, I definitely like uh, Miami to beat up on Washington. Um, I, I want to see Kirk Keener, how uh, Kirk Cousins, how he looked after this. Mm. Uh, after the D line ran at him a couple of times, mm-hmm. so um, I like Baltimore. You mm-hmm. like the Ravens, and, so we got the Ravens and the Dolphins so far. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think Eli gonna have some uh, some motivation because he just got paid. So oh. you know, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the motivation goes away once you get that. Yeah, usually that's the opposite. <laughs> well, you know, well, you should be out buying gold chains and minks and furs. Uh, well, come on, Eli Manning, for real? Yeah, man. Did you picture Eli, Eli Manning in a Joe Namath fur coat? Picture him right now. I, man, I heard on the down low, man, Eli be thugging out there in New, in, in, uh, New Jersey. You tripping. <laughs> is he what? <laughs> he be out there thugging, he, man. He living that thug life. He just does wow. all that other stuff for TV where he's all humble and pretends he doesn't know what the hell's going on Okay, so we, so, so far we got the Dolphins. Uh, minus th- minus three and a half. We have the Ravens plus four and a half from you. We have the Giants plus six. Is there anything else you want to give us? Uh, yeah, college football. College. What do you got for us? What do you got for us in the in the colleges? I'm gonna go North Texas State against SMU. Ooh. Uh, they, no. they they go in there. They go in there and handle their business against SMU. And uh, you know, I, I like uh, Temple. Temple, Temple plus six and a half. I mean, you don't think they're gonna be drunk after last week's victory? Nah, I think I think Temple's coach is keeping them in line, man. I mean, they got some talented athletes over there, though. All right, so we got Temple plus six and a half against uh, Cincinnati. We've got North Texas State. Are they getting points? Five and a half. They're getting five and a half against SMU. Okay, and one more. Come on for your finale. For my finale, I'm gonna go with uh, Central Florida plus 18 against Stanford at home. I like that one. Wow, I like that one because you know Stanford struggling to get points. They might not score 18, and UCF coming off of well, what would be considered an embarrassing loss to FIU almost made that one a pick. So I like it. Hey, look, man, Les, much love for you. Can't keep you on. I gotta run here, but uh, wishing you luck on these picks, man. Perhaps we kill it again this week. You know how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, we'll we'll hear from you on Monday. Hey, one more guest caller to go, Emil, before uh, we jump into a quick break and come back with our own picks. Uh, you remember this guy? He was Kenny. He was the uh, he was he was that guy. Kenny, you there, man? What do you got for us? Real tight and quick. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Kenny. What's going on, man? How you guys doing, man? Good. We're doing all right. We're doing we're doing all right on a tight schedule today. I got you. I'll be quick for you guys. First right. of all, I'm gonna go. You know, I just go college. Um, I got Boise State and BYU. Um, I don't know. They're acting like uh, they have they have the second coming of Jim McMahon over there after that Hail Mary last week in BYU. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I just don't think they're gonna be you know 
ready for a Boise State team that's really good and really good pretty much every year. I just think mm-hmm. they're going to be on their high horse, and I just think they're 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 not going to be ready for a Boise Boise State team on Saturday. Okay, I like the logic. Emil, if you could look up the points on that one for us, we could just tell our listeners. Sure, go ahead. Keep going. I'll look what, up the what points. What do you got next, Kenny? Then I got um I got. I got a road dog, and I got a – well, not a dog, but I got LSU on the road against Mississippi State. I know you guys were a little hectic, uh, hesitant to pick that one, but – We both like we I, both like LSU, although not overly so, but we do like LSU if we're going to go either way on that. I mean, I just saw in that bowl game, I saw Georgia Tech really expose these guys. They lost a lot mm-hmm. of guys from last year's team. I think if they were going to do anything, I mean, that last year was the, was the season for them. I know – so, so you got Boise minus the two and a half, and then you've got you're taking LSU, Kenny, uh, and you're going to give three and a half. Okay. That's right. And quickly to finish off, I got um, I got Oklahoma against Tennessee. Um, oh, look at him jumping on that big one. I know. How about that? I think we're minus one there, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am really impressed with what they're doing over there in Knoxville. I'm very, I mean, I think that Tennessee team is really starting to, you know, make that move. I like the roster. I love the talent they have on both sides of the ball. They got a lot of playmakers. I just, I just think that just it's just too early for them to to make that to stop that running game in Oklahoma. And I know they're at home, but I just think that you know, I just think that Oklahoma, their season team, you know, they're. They played in, in, in big, big ball games recently. You know, they're, they're just—they're just going to be too much, too this early. I think if the game was played later on in the season, Tennessee would probably be able to pull off the upset. But right now, so early, I just got to go off the homer here. All right, man. Hey, I like it, Kenny. Came in with the definitive stuff. Sounds good to me. All right, real quick, Boise State, LSU, Oklahoma, man. Well, we'll check back in and see how you did on Monday, Kenny. Thanks for calling. All right, we got to jump into a quick break here. When we get back, it's our picks time. The two grandmasters will give their picks. We'll take a quick break and be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Um, anytime yeah, these guys yeah, yeah, yeah. together, we got to call us the Illuminati. Whenever you see the G, it represents. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. I promised you it'd be quick, quick break, but that's what everyone's been waiting for. 6-0 and last week, Emil. We're going to jump back into this thing hot, fast, and heavy again. And, and this week, we got to do college and NFL, so not a whole lot of time here, but we don't need a lot of time. We just need to drop the whole quick science and sauce on you. So what do you got this weekend in college football? 
First off, I'm going to start with the game. Just it just reeks of them killing the other team. It's just a spot where I love I love this team. Wisconsin minus 32. I know it sounds crazy, but they love to hang 60 in games. No, like I love this. that pick. And they're playing right. Miami of Ohio. They're going to be angry. Okay, so that's that, that's that's number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Second game, we're, I'm going to jump and I'm going to take Oregon State plus 14 and a half against uh, Michigan. Uh, just listen, love Michigan. It. Uh, they can't give 14 and a half points. I'm sorry. And they and Oregon no, State's that's a well-coached team. No, that's the Harbaugh effect. Love it. Yeah, it's terrible. And then finally, I'm picking them big game hunting uh, in the colleges. I'm going to take Michigan State minus the four against Oregon. Listen, I didn't like what I saw last week. I told the listeners on the show yesterday, when you're giving up 40-some points to a 1AA team, I don't care how good they are. It just doesn't work for me. Not on the road. Not with a new quarterback. I'll take Michigan State at home. Hey, love Minus all four. three of those. Love all three of those. Here's where I'm going with. I agree with your thoughts on Virginia. Virginia, uh, a solid football team, went out west, couldn't really get it together, didn't really know what they were getting uh, to against uh, uh, Josh Rosen, so not a whole lot knowing which way to go there. Tough game for them. Uh, they end up getting blown out. They're back home now, and they're going to catch some points against a uh, Notre Dame team that's really getting their heads blown up after the win against a Texas squad who obviously didn't have their act together. Evidence of that. They're changing uh, the play-calling duties and all that good stuff there. Notre Dame walking in there with a big head. I like Virginia catching. Uh, what are we getting in that one? Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to ride out onto one flying under the radar. It's Rutgers and Washington State. Washington State packing up and going all the way across the country. Last year, these two teams faced each other in Pullman. And to me, if Rutgers can go out to Pullman and beat Washington State, they damn sure can beat them at home. And uh, it's not the hugest number in the world that I've got to deal with. It's only three and a half. So I like Rutgers catching a Washington State team coming out there early. So I'm going to roll with that one. And then I'm with you on the big one. I like Michigan State for, and you know me, I love defense. Oregon doesn't love defense. They didn't play any of it last week. And I just don't think you come off of an effort like that uh, where you give up 41 points against uh, a team that's you know, not even your damn classification, and then you've got a brand-new quarterback there. If You know, and they had some trouble with Michigan State last year. I don't see them now going to East Lansing and pulling off the upset. I don't see it at all, so I'm going to roll with Michigan State. All right, let's talk NFL football. What do you got in the NFL in the big boy game? Okay, first game I'm, I'm uh, going right for that one I think you're probably going for, but I'm going with the Houston Texans at home minus one. You know, they were, they're a well-coached team in their home. And I think they're going to have a good year. And don't be surprised if they win that division over the Colts, who everybody seems to be picking to go to the Super Bowl. I'll take the Texans, lay the one point at home against the good Chiefs team that I have making the playoffs. But in this spot, I like the Texans. Secondly, Mm -hmm. um, I know you didn't have much of a feeling for this, but I do. While I don't love the San Diego Chargers as a long-term buy for the season, in a home opener against the Lions, where the Lions have really had – their calling card last year taken away from them, which was their defensive front four. I mean, Farrelly's gone. He's with the Rams. Sue is with your home team, the Dolphins. I see this as a tough spot going out west against the team in their home opener. I'll take the Chargers, lay the three points at home to beat the Lions. And then finally, uh, again, another team I don't love as a long-term buy necessarily, but I love them in this spot. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football, giving three points. Uh, to the Atlanta Falcons, I, I just I'm not buying what Atlanta's selling at this point, um, and I think the Eagles, you know, they're going to want to get off to a good start, like everybody does. But I think they will get off to a good start because I don't think this is a good matchup for Atlanta. Look at you jumping on that AFC East foe. All right, real quick, here's what I'm looking at. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff here that kind of uh, messed me up, but I, I'm going to. 
I'm going to make some wild ones here. The first one is not wild because you already have this one on your ticket. You know I'm big on Houston this year. I think they're going to play some outstanding defense. I think they're going to get some uh, not all-star play but quality play out of their quarterback position. I think they're just going to be a solid team all around. So with them being a very small favorite at home against a Kansas City team that I happen to like but is not uh, some kind of power, I think I'll roll with Houston. Uh, I'm going to head out to, hey, call me crazy. I think uh, Oakland will be an improved team this year. I'm not ready to put them in any playoffs I'm not even ready to say that they're going to be an above 500 team but I think they're going to come out full of piss and vinegar as a lot of these teams do early in the season so I kind of like them as an improving team um, at home in this contest against a Cincinnati Bengals team as you described is probably going to start moving in the other direction because they've blown their opportunity so give me Oakland and catching some points against the Bengals and then three and a half finally, the Raiders uh, this is going to be the craziest pick of the weekend I'll probably be booed and vilified and followed and have my car scratched up there's th- too many people on the Miami Dolphins for me. So I'm going to roll with the Washington Redskins, believe that or not. Uh, I'm going to admit something here. I like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback for the Washington Redskins better than I like RG3. Uh, he's been solid in the times that I've seen him get in there, and I just think people are really poo-pooing Washington too early. Washington's going to do their losing in the middle to the end of the year. So it's early in the year. This is their time to grab some victories, and I think they may be able to pull off the shocker of all shockers. Too many people just giving the Dolphins a game here, and the Dolphins don't ha- they haven't had any gimme games in quite some time. So I am going to, out of my mind, uh, roll with the Washington Redskins in this one. So Houston, Oakland, and Washington for me. Houston, San Diego, and Philadelphia for you. And that's where we're going to have to leave it, my friend. Man, we jam-packed it all in we here. Did. We did. I'll talk to you Monday. Enjoy your weekends, everybody, and listen to the rest all of right. the show. Okay. That's it. One half of the crew leaving here, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to have Peter Ariz on with me to talk UM versus FAU right after this quick break on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with me. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I had my college football warm-up yesterday, no doubt about it. Had Florida State on, had Florida on, and I know people were ready to point a gun at my head. It's like, how could you not have a UM guy on? Well, you know what? I saved it this week to give the UM guy the whole floor to himself. And uh, no better person to talk to about University of Miami football than Peter Ariz of com, one of the top UM football websites out there. Pete, I know we're on a tight schedule here. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to have a little game day appearance here. There you go, man. Friday night lights for uh, the University of Miami. I think, you know, back in the day before this thing really took off, that's when the University of Miami played football games, but certainly not where it was then. But 
All right, we've got this game coming up. FAU obviously talking like they could win the game, and that's how they should. Do they have a snowball's chance in hell of winning this contest tonight? Uh, simply put, I'd say no. Uh, but looking at the roster, and, and as you're very well aware, FAU has, has a good amount of talent on this team, good amount of South Florida talent. Uh, Charlie Partridge has done a great job uh, bringing a lot of guys who kind of flew under the radar uh, into that program. Uh, but just from what I saw last week out of that defense uh, in uh, in that game against Tulsa, I, I see Miami's offense uh, having a field day today. So, well, so let's talk about that on offense. You look, hard to get a judge off of a first game when you play an opponent like Bethune-Cookman, but obviously if you're there in attendance, you're going to see some things that are going to impress you. What impressed you the most on the offensive side of the ball last week for the University of Miami? Well, you know, like you said, it's tough to get a read against an opponent like Bethune-Cookman, but something that kind of surprised me was the pace that Miami was playing at. Uh, a lot of up-tempo, hurry-up stuff. And really, we saw the Canes spread it out offensively, something that a lot of Canes fans have been calling for for a while with all the, the speed and the athletes that this offense has uh, at its disposal. At its disposal. Uh, and, and I think we saw last week uh, how dangerous this running attack could be with, with uh, Mark Walton, Joseph Yearby, Trayon Gray, uh, guys who, who can get a little room and, and really bust a big run. So I think uh, the amount of times that Miami was kind of hurrying up to the line uh, was was intriguing. I think that could be something that uh, that really develops them over the season as Brad Kaya uh, has such a better understanding and grasp of the offense. Last year, we really didn't see them uh, do do many crazy things offensively. It was kind of a vanilla playbook. Uh, mm-hmm. Kaya was a lot of stacked boxes last year. So I think mm-hmm. uh, the play open for him this year, and I think uh, that Kane's fans are going to be excited to see uh, what the offense can do. You named a trio of backs, Walton, uh, Yearby, uh, Traylon Gray, of those three, who who looked the best to you uh, just off of that first game? I'd say Walton. I mean, everyone knows uh, the type of talent Joseph Yearby is, but Walton, uh, kind of his coming out party, if, if you can follow that against Bethune Cookman. But he looked as solid as he's looked all fall camp, and I think by the end of the season, uh, he'll kind of be the uh, the number one guy. Uh, again, it's going to be more of a committee, but I think. He's the guy that uh, brings the most to the table as far as uh, the ability to catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, he's a pretty good blocker uh, as well, which is surprising considering he's a freshman. Uh, but he just does such a great job, uh, you know, keeping the ball. Uh, he, he's, not, he's, he's a guy who, who, when he has the ball in his hands, he has tremendous vision, great balance. Uh, and he, when he runs, there's no wasted movements. Uh, he's a guy who mm-hmm. uh, he looks like a natural ball carrier out there right um yeah and and, you know listen um no question about that had a chance to see it in high school good to see it come from high school and transfer over to the college game and especially locally here for the university of miami miami last week was three of 11 on third downs is that something we should be concerned about or just uh chalk it up to first game of the year yeah i mean i think that's definitely something to monitor this offense was not good uh, in third down situations last year, uh, it did seem like like last game and first game against Bethune Cookman that uh, at times the rhythm was kind of off, the timing was off uh, between between Kai and his receivers uh, a, a couple times. So you know you could chalk up maybe some of the timing things uh, to being the first game, but uh, overall I think those third that third down conversion rate is going to be something that uh, we look at each week and, and kind of monitor because. Uh, that's an area this team needs to improve on from last season. 
Yeah, um, you mentioned the up-tempo stuff on offense, and uh, it's obviously exciting for fans. It's great for the offensive guys. You get to put up some points. But the uh, person and the team and the the unit that suffers the most from up-tempo is usually the defense. And defense has been, let's face it, a big concern and a big disappointment and problem during the Al Golden era. Is that side of the ball ready to handle an up-tempo offense from the other side, in your opinion? I don't think we know yet. Uh, I mean, I – I keep telling people in general, we won't know much about this Miami team really until next week against Nebraska. And even then, it's not like Nebraska is a powerhouse team this year either. So uh, I think we're gonna, it's going to take about a month for us to really see how good or bad this Miami defense is. I will say that uh, that defense last week, again, you have to look at the opponent, but you, ha- you haven't seen a Miami defense uh, play that stout in a long, long time. Uh, and I think that was a good sign. I, I, I think that there's a lot more speed on the defense this year at the linebacker spot uh, in specific, mm-hmm. with, which mm-hmm. I think has been lacking the last few years. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm a big fan of that defensive backs group right now. Uh, there's a lot of depth at the safety position. And the emergence mm-hmm. of Cornell, well, I mean, Elder's a guy who uh, hasn't really had the opportunity the first two, his first two seasons to, to be on the field as much as he will be this season. But with Antonio Crawford transferring uh, in the offseason, this is really Elder's time to shine, and I think we saw that last week. What's Miami going to do at that defensive back position, and specifically at the cornerback spot? I know they really like Artie Burns. You just spoke about Corn Elder, and you have Tracy Howard, who's here in his senior year. What do you, how do you see that going? They play all three of those guys equally. Uh, someone's going to have a long face. What do you think is going to happen there at that cornerback spot? Yeah, I think Burns and, and Howard are kind of going to be – the top two guys, and then and then you'll see Elder uh, being used in that nickel spot a, a lot. And, and I and I like what I saw last week, uh, the way that they were blitzing him uh, from that spot. They blitzed him a few times uh, on third mm-hmm. down, and I think that's that's going to be a big weapon for this defense. Sheldrick Redwine, another kid, local guy from down here at Killian High School, who 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 had an incredible incredible pra- fall practice, uh, really mm-hmm. opened a lot of eyes. He had great coverage on an interception by Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, mm-hmm. last, and I think he's another guy who by the end of the season will really be in that rotation heavily so uh, what mm-hmm. looked like a what looked like a weakness in the spring for Miami that cornerback group uh, is is turning out not to be uh, as bad as, as some thought it would be I, it, it's a it's a much more talented group than than even I had a uh, kind of had on the outlook uh, back in spring well, Redwine, uh, obviously a true freshman and uh, someone obviously that caught your eye. What were some other true freshmen that took to the field on Saturday that uh, caught your eye and looked like they might be able to do something for the Canes this year? Kendrick Norton has to be the first name that really comes to mind for me. Uh, this is a guy at the deep the tackle position uh, who really had a strong practice uh, for the Canes all throughout uh, fall. And, and this is a guy who's who has the size, the motor, and really the quickness off the ball that you look for. And, and he's probably the best uh, defensive tackle prospect that Miami's had uh, with, with Al Golden at the helm. Uh, and, and he had a sack last week, massive guy, I think, once again, uh, to make a big impact as a true freshman on the defensive line is a stretch at times, but I think he's someone who can definitely contribute. R.J. McIntosh, another kid from down here, Cardinal Gibbons, uh, who, who has looked really good uh, throughout all the fall practice. Uh, and, and he's a guy who uh, moves so well at his size, around 280 pounds, former basketball player, uh, great feet, 
uh, he's a guy who, who has a bright future as well. Norton and McIntosh will see the field a lot this year for Miami. Well, good, man. One last question before I let you go here. I know you got to go. Uh, a guy that I have respected the most on this University of Miami team over the last three seasons has been Denzel Perriman. Does it look like the Canes are able to fill it, those big shoes that he had, or is it going to be a little bit of a feeling out process and it's going to take a little while to fill Denzel's very big shoes that he's left empty there? Oh, that, that filling his hole is going to be a big question mark for this defense. Uh, I think Raphael Kirby's done a good job from a leadership standpoint, kind of kind of stepping into his shoes and and being the guy that a lot of younger uh, kids look up to. And 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 he's very good. At, uh, he's a very smart player. But uh, Denzel's tackling ability in the middle of the field was something that that that's going to be uh, sorely missed on this defense. Uh, and and like you said, Denzel's a, a guy who everybody on the team looked looked to uh, in, in situations. Uh, when, when, you know, they were confused and, and they needed someone to look up to. So I think, like I said, Kirby's a guy who can fill, fill that role leadership-wise. Uh, but from a production standpoint, uh, Denzel's going to be missed on this team for sure. All right. Well, Pete, as always, you bring the gold information. Canesinsight.com is Peter Ariza's site. Uh, it's one of the best sites out there giving you the inside and the outside on University of Miami football. Pete, as always, thanks for joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks for having me on, Chad. All right, again, that's Peter Ariz from canesinsight.com. Go check him out if you want the latest and greatest information on the University of Miami football. The Canes do take on Florida Atlantic tonight in a local battle, and we'll uh, just have to see the Canes take the next step in their 2015 season. From the colleges, we go to high school football, and uh, let's talk about someone who knows it all. List from from the panhandle down to Key West. This guy does it all. Joshua Wilson joins me here from Florida, hsfootball.com. Joshua, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, I mean hey, it's, it's hard to believe three weeks into the season already. Yeah, just that fast. All right. Not a whole lot of time here, but we're going to keep the focus on South Florida this week. And, again, he's uh, Josh is going to be joining me here weekly on the show, so we'll have plenty of time to hit it up all over the place. Um, a number of good games taking place in South Florida this weekend. Uh, give me a couple of the ones that are, you know, biggest in your mind that you really want to want to dig in and find out what's going to happen there. Well, I'm I'm intrigued by Columbus, Miami, Southridge. Miami, Southridge is off the hard, hot, you know, hot, hot start under under Billy Roll down there. Columbus, I'm, you know, you know they won big over Jackson, you know, the week, week one, but they defensively struggled. You know, they had a struggle, you know, a defensive battle with Miami Northwestern last week. So, you know, a 13-6 game, I think that kind of told me, hey, Miami Northwestern is better than what people are leading on to down there. So that that's a good thing, you know. I mean, it's nice to see that Miami Northwestern is going to compete now again. So that mm-hmm. that I can take. Um, another one I'm really intrigued about is Miami Norland down at South Dade. That really intrigues me because you know it's love right that down South Dade O line, man. Uh, love that South Dade O line, yeah, and if you but, got O line, you you got wins coming. Well, well, right, but I think I think hey, that Norland defense looked nasty. So you know, you when you pick when you got one linebacker picking up five sacks like that in a game, you you wonder why. But then again, American American is not looking good at all. So. You know that happened last week, so I kind of, I kind of, you know, I'm wondering, hey, how does South Dade in the counter, you know, and that Norland like the people will put up some defense? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what can South Dade do tonight to win that game? When everybody right. start, everybody's got that game circled, saying, hey, this is probably a game for Norland to make a statement with. 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, let me ask you about this. Coconut Creek, I, I went out, watched them last week against Flanagan. It wasn't pretty. They could not protect for Jakari Harrison at all. He was sacked 11 times. I said it earlier this week. He could have been sacked 20 times in that game. He was running for his life on every snap. Got to be a concern for Coconut Creek. Now they're going to take on a Boyd Anderson team that's been putting up some points, albeit against some of the uh, lower-level competition. But this Boyd Anderson team certainly seems to be improved over last year's miserable squad. Do we have a, a big-time fisticuffs going down here tonight at Coconut Creek when the Cougars face the Cobras? I mean, I, I like what Boyd Anderson's doing. I like what what, what Eddie Rabbit Rambler's doing now, you know, for, for Boyd Anderson. You know, putting up points, you know, for a team that only won one game last year. He was like, hey, they're 2-0, and hey, they could possibly win their district the way they're looking the way right now because that district's wide open for them, even with Dillard and Boynton Beach. In Boynton Beach, I want to say Boynton Beach is down in Boyd Anderson's district, and it's just because you know you you lose, you get shut out by Dwyer, you know, the week before, and then you you win big this week. So nobody, the jury's still out there on Boynton Beach. I mean, mm-hmm. Dillard's probably still the jury's still out there on what they really are going to do. You know, so I mean, if Boyd Anderson puts up more points here again, even puts up a ton of, ton of points on Coconut Creek, it's going to tell me two things: Coconut Creek has got some problems that uh, now now being exposed. Because if, mm. you're getting, if your quarterback is getting sacked 11 times, it tells me your O-line is doing nothing. Your O-line is yeah, doing nothing. Yeah, look like cardboard cutouts, man. So they've got a lot of work to do there if they're going to do what they think they're going to do. Yeah, but it also tells me that people bought too much into the 7-on-7 hype around Coconut Creek. And I keep telling – I've told people – you, you you based up you, you you especially once at a national rankings they put you know you 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 rank them in the national rankings in this top 100 they're not even really a national 100 team Cause, but you, you, yeah. you looked at what they did in the seven I think seven, a lot of listen I, I if we don't I don't want to jump off too much on a tangent right. here, but I think these rankings are fueled a lot by uh, heavily recruited players. That's what drives right. this whole thing. No, no, you're thing. right. No, I was going to go there next on that because it's, mm. it also drives that. It, you're right. It drives a lot of that, and sometimes that's not necessarily. And they have always. talent between Mullen and right. Victor. I mean, you got two of the more uh, heavily recruited guys in all the country in their class. So I think that's what fueled a lot of that. So I don't want to go off too much on a tangent oh. on that. Dade Broward and Palm Beach. So far, who's been the biggest surprise for you out of those three counties? Well, actually, you know, you know, looking at Miami Dade, you know, hearing that Miami Palmetto story and all, I'm sitting and thinking, what the heck's going on? But you know, that 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 one, that one's a little bit of a surprise to me uh, for, for for Miami Dade. I mean, I mean, Broward. I mean, I mean, I, I think Boyd Anderson might be a little bit of a surprise just because you know, like, mm. you got to when you have to come in there and rebuild like that. You know, you're, you're right. one and nine, and all of a sudden you're two and all, and then you could probably right. can't disagree with that, no doubt. No, that that one that one's a, that one's a bit of a surprise there on that one. So, um, how about know, how about thing, West Broward? Before you, before you leave out of Broward County, how about West Broward? Uh, what the what? Okay, so the, the West West Broward that's interesting. You know that they you know now they've got their two two and zero start, but I think I'm interested and intrigued to see how they play through the district schedule. That is going to be mm-hmm. the key thing. Hey, is West Broward actually? You know, legitimate, or we just, or we're, or we're just playing. You know, you know, you know we're, we're kind of playing. Listen, they just want to finish above five hundred over there in West Broward. <laughs> Trust me, baby steps for them. That would be a victory for this season. 
No, you're no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean that that would be that, that would be thing that that would be the key. And you know, another team. I think you know I, I was kind of watching, but I'm like, well, was on like you know they they got blown out by university school. The first week was Nova. I'm like, what is yeah. Everybody's predicting them the playoffs and they get blown out by university school. Who, is, yeah. So how about university building. school? How about university school being a surprise uh, coming that out and, and getting that? Ju- Oh yeah, that one. You know, could you go down to Key West and you you get out of there with a one point win? I mean, I'm like, whoa, wait a second, what's going on here? Maybe they might actually be, they might be actually competitive this year, considering. Yeah, hey, might, go through, we might go. we might need to pay attention to those guys. No, no doubt about that. Well, listen, I'm not oh. going to send you into Palm Beach County because I got to put you on the spot real quick before we uh, wrap up the show here. So far, so far, and I'm ta- I'm going to give you the run of the whole state right now. Best team. In the state of Florida right now, who who does Joshua Wilson say is that team right now? Oh man, you you're gonna put me on the spot right this second, but oh know, yeah, I baby. mean, I, I think I think I think I think despite the fact that St. Thomas Aquinas has won big the first two weeks, I still think the jury's still out on them a little bit just because they haven't really been pushed yet necessarily, mm-hmm. to, so to speak. I mean, I really think you know, I mean. I, hate to, I really hate to say it, but I just don't think Miami Central's chances the four peat are really there now after what mm-hmm. happened against the Matha. I really think Mainland is a very strong team after mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I gotta put Mainland I gotta put Mainland and Flanagan both in those in the same as those those are your two really strong teams. I think Aquinas falls behind really third, but even though I've got Aquinas ranked number one right now, it's just because it's that, that's how it, it that's this is how it's going right this second because I'm mm-hmm. I want to see a little bit more out of Mainland just because you know it's it, it's a matter of hey you, you've got to get past these guys. You know, because Miami Central's probably going to be waiting there for you come the regional final because it's just the way it's going to be. Whereas we, we all know, hey, Aquinas, the, the playoff right. path to Orlando is like totally wide open. Oh, yeah, so, no doubt about that. Easy Street would but, be the name of that, no question. Oh, no, yeah, you're right, Easy Street. I mean, Flanagan, but, you know. So who's your, who's your team? Are, is, it, is it Flanagan? Is that what you're saying? I I, I, I would really want to go with Flanagan just as the, as the you know, if you're going to look for overall – Strength of around the thing, it's gonna be you know it's gonna be Flanagan just because hey, you 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 terrorize Coconut Creek. I mean the score the score is not indicative of what they did. What they oh did no, last, not at all, you know? not at all. I actually no. walked out of there when Flanagan scored their twenty first point, and uh, shoot, lo and behold, I got home and it was twenty one fourteen. wasn't even that kind of a game. No, it, it, some people are saying oh it's, it was in a blowout. I'm like, but. Yeah, here's the Flanagan defense giving up that, but going in there and terrorizing, yeah, that's a concern. Yeah, and so, all right, I, you're on the spot there for Flanagan, but we know this is a fluid situation that goes from week to week, so I won't pin you down and hold you uh, to to that week in, week out. I know it changes each and every week, man, but oh, listen, yeah, i got to appreciate go. you. <laughs> you gotta go ahead and no, pin me. Is, you gotta man. go I ahead gotta. and pin me down on. You, you gotta pin me down on it because I'll tell you what. By the end of this, by the, by the time we get to week six, week seven, we'll know where a lot of these teams are headed. It's either they're headed north or they're headed south. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the picture will be a lot clearer two or three weeks from now. Well, listen, man. Uh, as always, love having you on. You got it covered from from uh, from tip to toe here in the state of Florida, and uh, you're gonna be on every week. Cut. Just uh, so I appreciate you being on. Yeah, I got the whole the, the whole entire upside down boot covered. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> man. There you go. Thanks for joining me. That was Joshua Wilson. 
uh, from Florida, hsfootball.com, one of the guys that uh, covers it all here in the state of Florida. And, uh, you know, some interesting thoughts from him there as to the surprises so far in uh, in South Florida football. And he's got Flanagan right now as his top team in all of the state of Florida. How about that? Well, listen, man, promised you a a jam-packed action show here on the first football Friday of the season. And I think that's – we can call that mission accomplished. We touched high school football. We touched college football. We touched NFL football. We gave you award-winning picks, not only from myself – and my co-host, Emil Calamina, but two guest callers coming in here and dropping their picks on us. And uh, we we touched it all here in just an hour and a half. I hope uh, we entertained and informed you all. We'd like to thank you all for listening and making this a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. If you love the Gridiron Stud Show, tell a friend. The more listeners, the merrier. And uh, enjoy your weekend of both college and NFL football and the high school football as the Friday Night Lights takes place tonight. And join us back here on Monday as we recap it all on the Gridiron Stud Show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. Can you recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.